0: Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia. Routes 11 and 15 in Hummels Wharf. Neil Kulonk, sir, welcome. Great to have you with us.
1: It's great to be here as always. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, they win the game, but they lose Juju for the rest of the year. So, you know, obviously that's a big blow for that... Wide receiver group, and in terms of the dependability of the wide receiver group,
1: yeah, it's it's a it's a leader with experience, perhaps more than anything else. Yeah. And it, it's not that they don't have some experience with that group. Obviously, they're they're a little bit older than they were last year, but uh, Juju is the guy that reached. Uh, high-level statistical achievement. He's the guy who's gotten probably the most targets out of any of them throughout their career at this point, and he's the guy with the most amount of versatility. I mean, let's keep in mind how unusual it is that not only did he get injured on a handoff, but he was his second carry of that game. Um, Whether that speaks to the Steelers' depth at running back is another conversation, but the the fact that he was used in so many different ways in that offense I, I think speaks to... A level of leadership that they don't have anymore. Now it it's, it, it gets into a question of usage. You know, what, how were they using him? Why were they using him the way that they were? And how much of an impact was he being allowed to have on a game? I I don't know. It really kind of seems strange. I'm not sure what happened, but um, I I would imagine Juju is at least a little missed at uh, how the team used him uh, up until the point that he was injured and you know presumably after the season. Um, whether that puts him in the market to to go elsewhere or to look for an extension uh, with the Steelers I guess remains to be seen but I I wouldn't think he'd really want to come back after the way that he was used this season Uh, we'll find out how much uh, value he was bringing to this offense in ways that we don't measure statistically I think we'll see that probably pretty quickly on on Sunday uh, in terms of how they're using the receivers what those players are doing Um, I I don't know. It really is just up in the air because everything surrounding Juju was such a a, a question mark uh, up until the point that he got hurt. But at the same time, you really got to like what they did with Chase Claypool, moving him inside instead of using him for a bunch of empty targets deep down the field because Ben can't help himself to throw deep on, on third and short when they have man coverage on the outside. They gave Claypool an opportunity uh, to, to you know, go fight for catchable ball Down the middle of the field And he won um, The, the game winning touchdown was, was Claypool On a great throw by Ben down the middle Which is an area that they really have ignored That was a route that Claypool ran brilliantly was perfectly The ball was perfectly placed Because Claypool was exactly where he was supposed to be I have to kind of think that Claypool Attacking that way out of the slot uh, Was something they were more comfortable with As opposed to Juju doing that Because he didn't get those targets um, it, it's it's up in the air. We'll we'll see. But I, I like to think there's some value uh, to what they're going to be able to do uh, in, with their offense now with Claypool inside, because I think that the drop-off between Claypool and James Washington outside isn't very steep, and I think you might even have an improvement uh, with Claypool inside over Juju.
0: Right, and you very well could along the way. What did you think of the uh, Harris performance along the way?
1: I thought he had flashes of high-level NFL running back on Sunday, and I, I've been excited for this for the last couple of games. You're waiting for him to do the things that you know that he's going to be capable of doing, but he's got to kind of learn and grow into. And the, the observation that I made in the game really was he, he cut one false step off of his cadence, his kind of his gait after getting the ball. When he cuts another one, he's going to be a really, really good NFL running back. Yeah, I, I think we we saw glimpses of that in this game. He broke free a couple times. You saw the elusiveness along with the power. He had a couple of those runs. He was perfectly balanced. He was fast, and he's tough to bring down. Once he puts all of that together, which you know, I think every rookie running back has those problems, unless you're you know a, a complete freak like an Adrian Peterson, right. you you are going to struggle uh, to kind of find that balance, to find the timing, the speed, the rhythm, everything uh, that goes into it. And, yes, it certainly helps that I think their offensive line uh, clearly responded to a challenge that they got put on them probably all week. I was I was really impressed with the effort that they put forward. But it, Harris made opportunities for himself. It wasn't just that he had this clear lane of, of running uh, room. He made those plays happen. He bounced outside at the right time. Um, he stiff armed people. He made people miss. He, he used his shoulder. It was, it was a very strong all around game, it, and that's you know largely uh, the reason that they won. At the same time, it also cost them uh, a pretty decent chance of losing the game because he went down with, with leg cramps, right. uh, largely on overuse. And this is a problem we've talked about at all off season. You've got Harris. What else do you have though? You've been without McFarland uh, the whole time to this point. It's still going to be warm uh you got a you got a night game fortunately coming up in in Pittsburgh on Sunday but uh you're not out of the woods yet as far as you know the the hot portion of the schedule they're going to need to to kind of work on that and find a secondary back to help take some of those carries off they've really tried to do that the last couple of weeks but boy that that's, that's not happening <laughs> It really has right. to be Harris or bust right now did
0: we see anything that is a formula for success moving forward, or was it just one game that gave us at least some hints?
1: I think, and this 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 kind of goes to the root of what what Mike Tomlin means when he refers to the opponent as nameless gray faces. It doesn't matter who they were up against. If you watch the first half of that game, they executed as an offense. They looked like they were together. They were on the same page, with the exception of of two penalties. I don't think they made any other mistakes, really. I mean, it's it's not necessarily as explosive an offense as you'd like to see, but they looked fundamentally strong for the first time all year, right. by far the first time all year. They might have had one drive or one series where they did that before. They put a couple of those those series together, and you saw the result of it. I think that that's a, a it, it's a, a, a commendation to all of their offense, to all of their coaching, to all of their personnel. Um, they've had multiple offensive linemen go in now. They all have a little bit of experience. I thought, as as a unit, they played above and beyond anything even close to to what they had up to that point. And that that's a very encouraging uh, look at a team, regardless of who they're playing. They executed the way that they needed to execute. They didn't get just beat because of mistakes. They didn't get. They lost some plays, but they didn't lose the majority of plays the way that they have. Right. Been. And they, they were able to move the ball. So it, it's, it's very encouraging in that sense, and you got a full team effort out of it. To be honest with you, you know, what's really crazy, I thought Ben Roethlisberger might have played his worst game of the year. Right. He, was, he wasn't good at all. He missed a lot of opportunities. Um, you didn't notice it as much. Because other guys were there to pick it up, then it, it, his first seven throws were to six different players. He got everybody involved. Uh, the offense was dynamic. They 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 moved around a lot. They're still doing the tackle switch thing. There's a lot of different components that are coming together now, and you can see that it it's, it's producing results because they know that they can go back to these things later on. And the first it's scripted play series, the first fifteen game uh, fifteen plays or so that they run are the ones that they draw up ahead of time. That's the ones that are really practicing. Right. For the first time, I think they won on 13 of those 15 plays. Most right. teams usually do something around that. For the first time, they, they really did that, and it was you saw it. It was poetry in motion. They actually did uh, good things with the ball when they first possessed it. It was great to see.
0: All right. So uh, let's get to the defensive side of it. What did you see defensively in the Denver game that moving forward gives uh, people some hope?
1: I thought uh, it, it was a, a defensive game plan that wanted to get more pressure, but didn't. And the reason I think they really held Denver down, um, by and large, and they, I think this is different than, than my perspective of the offense, uh, Cam Hayward's playing at a defensive player of the year level, and he showed it in that game. He was all over the place early. It's not, not noticeable stuff, but if he wasn't there with the, the rags really <laughs> pardon the right. expression but there isn't much around him um let's be honest here uh chris Warmley, to his credit is playing well right. but they're rotating guys in and out on a hot day cam hayward was the iron man out there and he was making plays left and right that frankly other guys aren't making you're not seeing a great performance right now out of tj watt i thought uh, alex highsmith played a good game melvin ingram is really we haven't seen much of him lately at all um, their secondary is even probably more shallow than we thought that it was. They are overall playing very well. In fact, if it wasn't for a, a, a miscue by their all pro free safety, uh, they, they probably don't get in the end zone the, the mm-hmm. first half of the game. Fitzpatrick totally missed that tackle on the hole. That was bad. Um, if that, and even on top of that, they held him to a field goal. I, I don't know why I thought they scored a touchdown on that play. They were first and goal. It uh, should have been first and goal from the one. They get the penalty. To knock that back a bit And then Pittsburgh knocked him back even more To set up the field goal So much of that is Cam Hayward right now You're seeing him completely destroy the middle of the field Teams don't have many options And they're not able to throw When the pocket is being pushed on top of them You're really seeing the value Of an interior defensive lineman As well as um, the, the, the I don't want to say the overrated nature But when people talk about protection They talk about their tackle. Really, it should be the interior of your line. That's what's setting the pocket up. Hayward is pushing guys three yards into the backfield. The quarterback is throwing on top of a, a charging six foot five, 300-pound player who's got his hands in the air. There's not a whole lot the quarterback can really do from, from a, a, a less than eight-step uh, pocket. And Hayward is causing that chaos on uh, almost a per-snap basis right now. He's keeping the defense alive, and the defense mm-hmm. is not playing particularly well. But that's the unit I'm challenging right now if I'm Mike Tomlin. Right. They've got to step this up on Sunday. They have to be able to take care of business in a game that they really need to, to win if they want to have any hope of anything this season. Uh,
0: I'm really glad that, and, and going through my emails, I never once received one from John Gruden. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to sense that you've gone through your emails, and you're thrilled that you never once received any from John Gruden. I'm
1: uh, laughing because I have gotten an email. From John oh, Gruden. you actually exactly, have? I, I have. I swear, there was nothing even remotely close to, to what he did. It was a, a promotional thing a long time ago, and and he was you know fine. It wasn't really anything. Uh, he didn't even swear in it, which is not usual for him. But um, wow, what a what a night that was that was fun to sit down to right at the start of the game so
0: what did you think when you heard read about the situation
1: first two words out of my mouth is he's gone i mean there, there's no way you can right. keep him around for that right. and it just in I'm, I'm in editor mode i'm trying to organize what we're going to do how we're going to do this we've got to coordinate with this staff and these people and and then he just quit. It's like, okay, you know what? That truly is the, the best thing of a really bad situation. And right. now exit stage left, and we won't hear from him again if he's smart. Um, it, it, I don't think there was another way for anybody to, to handle this uh, the way that, that it ended up happening. Right. That's not saying that it's good. It's not saying that you know he should be commended for that. It's, this could have been... Way, way worse, and it's still a live grenade. You know, it, it's not. A, people are going to be asking. You have to think at some point of 650,000 emails. If you found these about John Gruden in particular, and they're all tagged in with Bruce Allen. Not that we need any more evidence of Bruce Allen. I mean, my God, I, it, what what hasn't that guy screwed up? I mean, my my, it's it, it really isn't good. To see a position in, a, a, a person in that prominence of a position be a part of this many controversial activities. And it's also really hard to think that Daniel Snyder was not a part of any of it, and that's going to be the next chapter of this. Right. I, it, it, it's really hard for me to believe that there isn't anything with, with Snyder on it, uh, any comments that he might have made. But there's some really, really bad stuff in there, and this is not something the NFL is going to get past in, in quite a while, I'm sure.
0: Yeah, it's it is it's really bad stuff. There's no getting around it. I mean, I read some of it on the air. You're always trying, like, okay, just everybody knows this is exactly what it says because it's awful. It's just bad. Uh, The uh, 17th game of the year actually comes into play this weekend. That's because uh, the designated opponent was the Seattle Seahawks as the 17th game. So they've got them on Sunday Night Football. Oh, and they've got Geno Smith at quarterback, not Russell Wilson. Then a bye week. Could the tumbler be falling into place for the Steelers?
1: You know, they almost did. Um, you, you had to believe <laughs> You had to believe when Indianapolis had the ball third and however long it was in very easy field goal range to go up by two scores with, yeah. with five minutes left, you were looking at the Steelers winning and the rest of the AFC North losing, and the rest of the AFC North the next week having very tough games and the Steelers have, having a very winnable game in prime time at home. Um, it came close to that, and we're not far from that yet. But uh, I, I think Geno Smith, it, it's just funny, such a blast from the past. I, mean, I almost forgot yeah. about that guy for a while. Uh, he played pretty well last week. We saw him do he some did. things. And it, as as Mike Tomlin said today in his press conference, um, Geno's a veteran. He, he knows what's going on. He's gonna know another offense. He's been with them for a bit. They can have some success with him. But playing a guy... Uh, on what's essentially a short week, even with some reps, or a, a little bit longer of a week, excuse me, even with some reps uh, from from the previous game, he's not going to have full mastery of the entire playbook. There are only so many things that they're going to be able to do. And then you get into, um, again, kind of what Tomlin alluded to a couple weeks ago when he was talking about running out of plays. You only have so many good plays that you can run. You run into that problem with your backup quarterback a lot. And the yeah. biggest example I ever saw of that was the Steelers against the Ravens on uh, a Thursday night game uh, after Ben Roethlisberger got injured again, in, in St. Louis uh, on Sunday. They had to play the Ravens at home on Thursday, and they had three days to prep Mike Vick to play in that game. Right. They literally ran out of plays. By that game went to overtime. They ran out of plays to right. a point. Where they they drew up basically a swinging gate play to Antonio Brown, who <laughs> right. just didn't work That's at right. all right. in overtime on a key down. You get into that when you have a backup quarterback. So as far as the Steelers go, they have to know Seattle's offense with Wilson, which was incredibly explosive, uh, they were doing a great job offensively for for what uh, the defense wasn't capable of doing. They have a big advantage in this game. They should be able to to handle. Seattle offensively and defensively in this game. So um, knowing that, and you're going to know the results of um, the, the three other teams in your division, and then you have a bye followed by what's really going to be probably the, the Cleveland Browns midway Super Bowl right. against Pittsburgh in in, in uh, week eight. That's a huge game now for both teams. If, if Pittsburgh is able to pull this off, if Cleveland loses another one, and and they, I can't imagine there's a tougher loss than what they just took this weekend, right. uh, the road doesn't get easier for them at all. So yeah. it could be a, a pivotal game as far as the AFC playoff picture as well as uh, the division race goes. Baltimore can't seem to put together three units of decent play. Uh, they have all the talent in the world we saw last night, and against Detroit, how much it's taking for them to beat what we should think of as as mediocre or bad teams, we don't know how good they are. Um, Cincinnati had 19 opportunities to win that game uh, against Green Bay, I don't think it's a great team either. They couldn't come up with it. They might not be there yet. So Pittsburgh has a chance to to steal a couple of these games and make the division race uh, one of the most interesting in the NFL.
0: It's amazing we're saying that. (laughs) Because, <laughs>
1: they definitely wouldn't have thought that back in August, but I know that.
0: I don't think they would have thought that two weeks ago. All right. So, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, seriously. All right. My friend, thank you so much. Always a pleasure.
1: Definitely. Thanks for having me.